Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Advocates say Chicago needs to change the way it votes. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. With nine candidates running to be Chicago mayor, a runoff seems all but certain since no one candidate is likely to get the 50% of the vote needed to win. Runoffs are common in Chicago, and some advocates think that fact reveals a flaw in our voting system. So today, we'll hear about an alternative system that advocates say could make elections more democratic. It's called ranked choice voting. With us now to explain what this could look like in Chicago is Andrew Silva, executive director of Fair Vote Illinois. Also with us is Elisa Kaplan, executive director of Reform for Illinois. Andrew, let's start with the basics. What is ranked choice voting and how is it different from the current system that we have here in Chicago? Yes. So ranked choice voting is really an upgrade to the way we vote. So rather than selecting a single candidate, you would rank your choices, first choice, second choice, third choice, as many candidates as you like up and down the list. And when we count the votes, we only look at everyone's first choice vote. So your vote goes to your first choice. And in order to win, someone needs to have 50 percent. They need more than a majority. Um, And if nobody does, then we have an instant runoff. We eliminate the candidate that's in last place, and anyone who's voted for them as their first choice, their vote goes to their second choice instead. And then we recount the votes. If someone has a majority, great, the election's over. Otherwise, we repeat that process until we uh, have a winner. And Elisa, help us understand that a bit more, especially from the voter perspective. So if I was ranking my candidates, like Andrew just described, instead of just picking one, right, what would my ballot look like? Your ballot would list the list the candidates, and then you would mark which one you wanted for first choice, which one you wanted for second choice, which one you wanted for third choice, and and so on. So it's really not complicated. It's just a list of candidates like you would have on any ballot, but instead of just marking one, you would mark the the number of your choice next to each one, as many as you wanted, as Andrew said. And, and Elisa, ranked choice voting is already used in in states like Alaska. And, and Maine and a number of cities too, right, including New York. So how and where did it get started in the U.S.? I believe, and Andrew may correct me if I'm wrong, that Cambridge, Massachusetts was one of the first place to use it. Um, they use it for a type of proportional representation, and they've used it for many decades there. And it's really gained momentum, especially in the last few years, as a way to, as you mentioned, make elections more democratic, less divisive, because candidates have to reach out to their opponents' um, uh, supporters if they want those second and third choice votes. So they have ranked choice voting now in Minneapolis, um, in San Francisco, in uh, in many other cities across the country. And that sounds about right to you, Andrew? Oh, absolutely. Yep. And just so we're clear, you don't have to rank more than one candidate if you don't want to. Is that right, Andrew? Yeah. If if you like, you could just rank one candidate. In doing so, you're essentially saying, if this candidate doesn't win, I don't have another preference. It's in your best interest to always rank everybody. And if your first candidate can't win, your vote goes to your next choice. So help me drill down a bit using this mayoral race that we're currently in the middle of here in Chicago as an example. How would that election be different if we did have this ranked choice voting system? Looking at current polls, 
no candidate really has typically has more than about 20 percent. So no one is even near um, 50 percent. And the pre- prior mayoral race, um, Lightfoot and Preckwinkle had about 33 percent of the vote combined during their the first um, round. Yeah. Um, so that was combined, um, which means a large portion of the city really wanted somebody else, at least as their top choice. So. It's almost a poster child for why ranked choice voting is such a great method. Um, everyone doesn't have to look at the polls. They don't need to vote strategically. You vote for your top choice, second choice, so on, and the most preferred candidate gets selected. On our voicemail, we heard from a reset listener whose name is Liz from Chicago, and she talked about why she supports a move to ranked choice voting. I think it is a really important tool for um, giving the widest number of candidates an option to be elected. It also means you're not wasting your vote if you vote for someone that you think should be near the top who happens to be like a third party candidate or maybe seems like an underdog. And we also got a lot of responses on Twitter with people saying that they want ranked choice voting here in Chicago. I will be sharing some of those Twitter responses throughout our conversation. But uh, Elisa, is our caller right that this helps people avoid, quote, wasting their vote? Your caller is absolutely right, and is a organization that's concerned with democracy. That's why we're so interested in ranked choice voting, because of the power that it gives to voters. I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to who are following this mayoral race and trying to figure out who to vote for, because the current system forces you to become sort of a political strategist and try to figure out who is the person who is least likely, who's most likely to win that you can also tolerate voting for, right? Rather than just thinking, who do I want to win? You have to look at the polls and say, well, but if I vote for the person that I really want, what if they don't do well and then I'm wasting my vote? And what if that, that uh, helps a candidate that I don't like? With ranked choice voting, you don't have to worry about that. You vote for who you want. If that person doesn't do well, you can, your vote, it, your second choice vote counts. And if that person doesn't well, then your third doesn't do well, then your third uh, choice vote counts. So you don't have to think in that kind of strategic way. I think many of us have been in that position, uh, have a couple different shots at influencing the outcome, even if your first choice doesn't win. Mm -hmm. Andrew, would the system help us avoid runoffs? Yeah, that's another great benefit. So in Chicago, there's a runoff election. Voter turnout tends to drop quite a bit in that runoff, um, and we could avoid that. So not only do we – is it great for voters? You get to vote once and you're done. Um, without that extra election, it saves the city um, lots of money for, for not having to administer another election. I want to share a comment that we got on Reset's Twitter, Andrew. It, it relates to what we're talking about here. This is from AKA60643. And they said, races with several candidates are a nightmare under the current system and a waste of taxpayer money for the inevitable runoff elections. Having ranked choice voting would more equitably reflect what voters want. And that's absolutely right. I mean, that's that's the <laughs> the big selling point of ranked choice voting is that it's a real simple way of, of making sure the voters get um, the most preferred candidate selected. Elisa, we've been talking about how this might be better for voters, but is it better for candidates too? 
It absolutely is better for candidates, especially for candidates who are good at building bridges and building consensus. So ranked choice voting, as, a, as I mentioned before, it rewards candidates who can appeal to the supporters of their opponents. So it discourages the kind of nastiness and name-calling that we've seen in all too many re uh, elections, both locally and nationally, because you don't want to piss off the supporters of your your opponents because you want them to vote for you for second or third choice. So that's one way that it's great for candidates, at least candidates who are interested in, in that kind of bridge building instead of uh, bridge burning. Yeah. Um, the other way that it's great for candidates is that if you're a candidate who's maybe a little bit of an outside choice, a little bit of a less conventionally quote-unquote electable candidate, you have a better argument to go to voters and say, hey, vote for me first. You won't waste your vote if I don't if I don't do as well as you want me to. Um, you could still vote for a more quote unquote electable candidate second, and that gives all of those uh, um, candidates a better chance of winning overall. Because who knows? Maybe they'll do better than everybody thought, and that does happen. Uh, so because of that, also we see a greater diversity of candidates both entering and winning races with ranked choice voting. And if you could just briefly expand on an earlier point that you made, Elisa, which is the fact that ranked choice voting better represents that collective voice of voters. That's right. What you'll get is a, a, a government that better reflects voters' preferences because you're getting so much more information from voters about what they actually want instead of how they've chosen to play this complicated uh, strategic voting game. And so you'll also get candidates that better reflect the values and the goals of the community that they're representing. So as, as I said, it's more democratic uh, and it's less divisive because it rewards those consensus builders at the same time. So it's, it's a win-win. Yeah. Another Twitter commenter with the name Bikes Are Green Vehicles said, our current voting system, quote, forces false choices. Ranked choice would more accurately capture voters' preference of candidates. So clearly they agree. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we are talking about ranked choice voting. It's an alternative system for elections that's been implemented in cities like San Francisco and New York City and in states like Alaska and Maine. Now a push to bring it to our area is gaining momentum. And with us are two advocates for voting reform. That's Andrew Silva, who's executive director of Fair Vote Illinois, and Elisa Kaplan, who's executive director of Reform for Illinois. So, Andrew, this isn't the first time I understand that ranked choice voting has been talked about here in Chicago. Why hasn't it been implemented yet? What we find is the biggest obstacle to get it implemented is just awareness. So, so people don't know about it. They don't know about it. And when people hear about it, overwhelmingly, they support it. It's kind of a no-brainer type of reform. It makes a lot of sense that they would. And so what we do at Fair Vote Illinois is we're advocating by trying to get the word out. And when, what we find when we talk to people is that um, very, very few people push back. They say, why are we not doing this already? It's such a great idea. So how far has it been able to advance? Yep. So um, just this past November in Evanston, voters went to the polls to vote whether or not they wanted to adopt ranked choice voting. Mm -hmm. And they adopted it with the landslide. 82, over 82 percent of voters in Evanston said, we want ranked choice voting. They're going to start using um, ranked choice voting uh, for their municipal elections. Um we find in Berwyn, there was a non-binding referendum question last year in the primary election, 
And again, over 82% of voters there said, yes, this sounds like a great idea, something we would want to adopt. And we're seeing about the same in Chicago. Um, Lots of support, just it has to get people have to be aware that it exists. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Well, uh, Elisa, Andrew talked there about Evanston recently deciding to move to ranked choice voting. What was it you would say that that got that city over the hump? I, I think what Andrew said is absolutely right. Once people heard about this and once people understood what it was, they overwhelmingly supported it. Um, and so we just did a lot of work to educate people about it. But um, once they got it, they, it wasn't easy to persuade them. And I think, you know, e- even in a place uh, as maybe ideologically um, homogeneous as Evanston, there was still a feeling that they've been suffering from political divisiveness and and polarization and that they wanted a different kind of democracy. Uh, They wanted to open doors to as diverse a city council as possible. Um, And so it was really just the right solution for for our time there. Yeah. Elisa, what do we hear from opponents of ranked choice voting? The most common Uh, argument that we get in opposition is that it's too confusing. Uh, And this really just has not been borne out by the data. In in jurisdiction after jurisdiction and study after study, um, we see that people are perfectly capable of using ranked choice voting. And if you think about it, you use ranking in your everyday life all the time. There's top 10 songs. You know what your favorite ice cream is and your second favorite ice cream. Uh, you, you, you understand your first choice, second choice, third choice. And so it's really not too much of a leap just to use that same logic when you're talking about candidates. So people know how to use ranked choice voting. Studies have shown, for example, in New York that 95 percent of voters said that they found their ballot easy to complete. Mm -hmm. So we just haven't heard those concerns about it being confusing borne out. You talked earlier, Andrew, about some of the the barriers to actually getting this system implemented here in Chicago. And we know Alderman Matt Martin also introduced a a resolution to bring ranked choice voting here. Are you hopeful that it's going to happen soon? Uh, absolutely. We, we we want the conversation to start. <laughs> this helps. It helps getting the word out. Uh, Matt Martin has been a strong supporter of ranked choice voting. Uh, getting getting the city council on board is a huge step. In order to actually get it passed in um, Chicago, it would take a referendum so voters would have the opportunity to vote on it. So it would be really great if the Chicago City Council gave voters that chance to say, here, we're going to put on the ballot and let the voters decide if they want to adopt it. And we believe they would in a landslide. Last question to both of you. I'll start with you, Elisa. Beyond ranked choice voting that we've been talking about today, what other improvements do you want to see made to our elections here? Well, one big one that Alderman Martin has also started a conversation about in the Chicago City Council is public campaign financing. This is another another program that has been adopted around the country to address issues of corruption and representation um, and to to help address the pay-to-play politics that have plagued Chicago for so many years. Uh, so for us, that's a big priority is advancing that discussion on uh, giving candidates a way to fund their campaigns and run a competitive race without relying on big donors and special interests. Last word to you, Andrew. Any other improvements you're looking to see? At Fairroad, Illinois, we're, we're a one-issue organization. We keep it simple and say we're, we're going to focus on ranked choice voting and hope, hopefully get that done first. 
I, I would love to see campaign finance reform personally as well. I love that Elisa champions that. It's uh, It'd be huge for the city. That was Andrew Silva, executive director of Fair Vote Illinois, and Elisa Kaplan, executive director of Reform for Illinois. Thank you both. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. This episode of Reset was produced by Andrew Merriweather, who also edited this episode along with Dan Tucker. Stay in the know about everything happening with elections here in Chicago by subscribing to our podcast. We recently hosted a forum for mayoral candidates, which you can check out right now. All right, that's all for Reset this morning. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you this afternoon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.